Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome, everyone. This is Awake in the Dream Radio, and today is October the 9th in 2012. I am Dr. Dream, and my most amazing co-host is... Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Hello, everybody. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Absolutely excellent. Um, things are, things are just amazing. Another Tuesday evening, another energetic that just feels incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, there's, there's a lot going on that could, you know, pull a lot of people down and make us think that things are less than awesome, but I don't feel that. I am aware of what's happening on all fronts, but I mean, just with the shows that we're doing and with just feeling the unity and all of us coming together, I, I just feel a stepping up and stepping up and rising and rising and just really, you know, we're anchored on this path and I feel it and it feels good. Yeah, it does feel good. And we, we had a fun weekend. We got to, to stay local this past weekend. Yeah, it's nice not to uh, have to go anywhere and just to, you know, be with the kids. And we had a great session yesterday um, for somebody's birthday at our healing center, which was awesome. It was four hours. So it's just really fun and good to work energy. Yesterday was incredible. It was this gentleman's 50th birthday. And what he chose to honor his birthday and his experience over anything he could have chosen was to have a four-hour breakthrough session with us. I just I, – I so much honor and respect for for this person and, and their dedication to their path. And wow, what a session. Yeah, and there's nothing more important. So it's just great to see that somebody recognizes that that's really the best gift one can give themselves is to just dump the stuff that doesn't serve one anymore, transmute, and just really just step into the full embodiment of all that we are. It's really, really great. And that's just what it's about right now. And it's just awesome to do these shows because we really get to, uh, you know, open people's eyes up to a lot of different ways and perceptions and tools and just things to be inspired by. So love it. It is awesome. It's incredible. And I get to do all this with you, and that just makes it for endless smiles on my face. Yeah, but, I feel that too. I know. We have a lot to smile about tonight, don't we? Yeah, I'm really excited to introduce our special guest who we got the chance to hang out with in Asheville, North Carolina. We've both been on her radio show before, and she's just awesome, and we're just so thrilled to have her here. Uh, our special guest is Missy Hill. She's a body worker, licensed massage therapist, and does something she calls galactic shamanism, which is an etheric healing technique. She works with sound healing modalities, flower essences, essential oils, and does 12-tree grid readings with tarot cards. She is a paranormal investigator and is the founder of Night Vision X and takes people stargazing to look at unexplainable objects and UFOs 
with third-generation night vision goggles. She hosts weekly radio show on Blog Talk Radio, Galactic Earth Fusion. She is a visionary and works in the morphogenic field through resonance to help people see the highest event horizon possible. Missy also works with crystals and the crystal skulls. So I'm very excited to introduce our guest, Missy Hill. Welcome, Missy. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. I have missed you guys so much since you left, Uh and it has been a whirlwind of craziness since you have left, let me tell you. (laughs) There is so much up in the energetic field, but first, don't you think we had so much fun doing the night vision? Yes. Oh, my God. incredible time with you that I've been hearing about night vision for a while and of course you know we get to Asheville and and there's Missy and Ron and and Mobius and and everyone and it's like we're gonna go do night vision I'm just like of course we are and I gotta tell you I saw some stuff that I still can't quite um, explain and I loved it and I know that um, even on the next night you all saw some some really even more amazing stuff but um just incredible. So I'm so thrilled. I mean, we got to do your radio program, and then um, we got to meet you in person. And I knew from your radio show that meeting you in person was going to be like seeing a long-lost friend, and it absolutely was, and just the, just resonating at the, the energetic that, that you and Ron and, and everyone resonate at. It, it's just a treat for for Laura and myself to to hang out and and have these experiences. So before we get into the, all the the now the really like woo stuff, I want to know a little bit about about Missy and like where Missy came from to be who you've become now. Because I gotta believe that you were, um, and I mean this in just a really wonderful way, but you weren't just a normal child, were you? No, not really, because I had paranormal experiences as a child. I guess when I was really young, you know, uh, the schools, I lived, I'm from New Jersey. I was born in New Jersey in Elizabeth and from Westfield and moved to South Florida when I was a, a young child. And the schools in South Florida are absolutely horrible. So my parents put me in a Christian school, even though we were not religious at all. My dad was a Catholic and was slapped by nuns, so he just had to get away from all that, you know. Uh, So that was definitely not part of the uh, growing up experience. However, in the Christian school, when I heard something about the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, who I call Yeshua, something about the retempling of the body, which now we know... It's called the hieros gamos because it's the blending of the masculine and feminine at the right angle and rotation to create Christ field or zero-point energy. I knew at eight years old I had something to do with that. Of course, you know, as I got older, I got involved in the world and things like that, but I was always on a quest to find God, to find spirit, and when I used to go to my great-grandmother's house up in New Jersey, I could feel the ghost of somebody in a bedroom. Now, I find out from my grandmother that her sister, Marcia, had died at a young age. She had, um, oh, I can't even, I'm trying to remember what the disease was that she had. But in those days, what ended up happening is they had the funeral and the viewing in the home. Well, I could feel all that, and I knew there was something creepy 
about the bedroom, you know, that she was in. I could feel I could feel her spirit and I was always attuned to feeling ghosts and spirits and things like that. Now, of course, like I said, when I became a teenager, you know, you become interested in boys, things like that, and the peer pressure of life and all the things that goes on. So some of the teenage years, I would say, because of peer pressure, I turned that off. But then that started coming back again as I was in my 20s. I just, you know, I wasn't, I was never satisfied. I would try to plunge into the world, but it never satisfied me. It would only satisfy me for a time, and I was always on to the next thing, trying to gather as much information as I possibly could. Little did I know at that time that I was, I am called what's, a, called a polarity integrator. So I needed all these experiences from all sides of everything, you know, different religious experiences, because I've studied many different modalities, you know, of Christianity and Buddhism and, and body work and, you know, uh, different types of like Kundalini yoga and things like that, um, Reiki, you name it, just, just everything that you could study, uh, network chiropractic. Continuum got into a lot of uh, esoteric dance like Gabriel Roth, the wave type of things. So I needed all these experiences. And then when Ron and I got together, it just changed my life totally. <laughs> we, 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 it seemed like we got into paranormal things together. Oh, that's awesome. Like, so I may. Go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. Okay, so even when we got married, okay, because I had been married before, but that that didn't work. And I I knew actually going in the other marriage, it didn't work because it was based on karma. So what we want to do now, first of all, is we want to bring relationships to us through ease that aren't based on karma anymore. We don't want to go looking for karmic relationships. That's how I knew when I met you guys that you were part of even a higher soul family, high, higher than soul, higher than monad, probably part of the, the Christ avatar family, maybe even part of the original founder races coming in. And we decided to meet at this time and place, and we come from a place of not having karma. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So... Ron and I came into the relationship in sort of a neutral way when we started dating because I had been through the run of the mill with the whole dating thing and I didn't want I just wanted to be in the neutral and just enjoy its presence and not have any expectations so we came into the relationship that way and then a year later we actually decided to marry ourselves I mean we had this whole thing of sacred marriage and sort of understood it, not at the level that it has to do with uh, electrical and magnetic energy and spin and creating zero point. I didn't kind of understand the physics of it at that point, but I knew after studying all the other types of relationships that this was, you know, what we were here to template. So we actually went to the Linville Gorge area. I didn't even know about the Brown Mountain Lights yet because this was, although I'd heard of the Brown Mountain Lights on coast to coast all the time, I didn't know where they were. I knew they were in that area. I didn't know exactly where they were. But we married ourselves in this one area in Linville called Pinola under some 
uh, rhododendron trees, and the little people, the little sprites, witnessed our vows, and it was under a full moon in the middle of the night, sometime after midnight, not even sure, and it was an alchemical union because I was hesitant knowing how I am, but when the words came out of my mouth, I just knew it was a forever bond. I just, I just knew it because it was not me doing it. It was my higher self, and it was Ron's higher self, and then we had this other paranormal experience with this thing that was like flying around in the sky and also in the water, which some people would call like a Mothman type of creature, but it was a positive version of this type of creature, and I got that it had something to do with the Cherokee. So that set us on our path, and we knew we had to get out of Florida, and in 2000 of April, we moved out of Florida, and we moved to Georgia. He got a job because he's a truck driver, and from then, uh, we were staying in a place in the north of Atlanta area called, uh, in, in the town of Winder, and there was a uh, a campground there, and we were staying at the campground with our RV. And I used to take walks and meditate and be asking, what is my next step? What is my next step? I mean, we had a lot of experiences with travel, with going to mounds, and I always felt myself, even though I wasn't understand it, I was sort of releasing spirits when I would go to places and help them move on, you know, like at these Indian mounds and different places. This was just my role. So that one day I had made a treasure map. I had the feeling I wanted to, uh, it came to me after watching a man fly his uh, falcon around. I was out there uh, by the lake, and I was taking a walk, and I was really fascinated with falconry. The man was flying it around, and he brought his bird of prey back to his wrist, and I was watching this whole thing. Well, later that day, I had made a treasure map, and... I decided for some reason, we, Ron and I need to go on the road. I got out a map of the four corners with like a pendulum, and I got and I heard, you're going to do grid work, and the pendulum landed on the four corners. You know, it was uh, Arizona, Colorado, Utah. Well, I'm trying to think which one's next to each other. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, you know, whatever the order is, but that's where it was. And I knew we were going to be going back and forth, vertical, horizontal and diagonal, and I didn't really understand the the meaning of why that would be, but for some reason it it was, and we did that for three years. And it was very interesting that we got to go to a lot of places. It's very grueling on the physical body. We went with a company named U.S. Express. We tried to drive as a team. That didn't work, and we ended up buying our own truck because they were more lenient on us. And, you know, we were able to get into British Columbia. We actually went to all 48 states. I mean, all yeah, all, no, 47 out of 48 states. The only state we did not make it to was Vermont, but it didn't matter because Ron and I both been to Vermont, and we've actually both been to Hawaii. The only place we haven't been in the United States is Alaska. So as we were doing this grid work, at times I would feel different emotions. You know, like a lot of times when people went to, like we go to the Shasta area, you know, it's supposed to be feeling good, and I'm picking up all this dark energy, like why am I having to release stuff in these spiritual places? And like Sedona, there was lots of places at Sedona that just didn't feel good to me. I mean, there, the lower parts of Sedona felt good, but it's like there was a lot of like, stuff that would burn me out and I didn't even understand it because 
when I used to do the workshops when I went was in Florida, I would go to different, you know, workshops and things like that, you know, new age, I guess you would call it. I, at times, I would feel good, and then at times I would notice it was depleting, that the informations were great, but when they would get into some type of rituals and meditations and things, sometimes there was presenters that this did not feel good, where I felt like I was being sucked vampirically. There was like this siphoning off of my life force. And I noticed when I used to go to any kind of church, I would especially feel that. I felt that in the New Age, too, not as much in the New Age at the church as the church at that time. However, now you go to functions that are in the New Age, it's really very potent, and I will explain as we get into this conversation why that is. However, the big turning point when we were on the road was 9-11, okay, because we happened to be on the road on 9-11. We were in uh, Tennessee. I think we were staying in a place called Cookville. Of course, you know, we did have TV in the truck at that time, and uh, somebody called us. I'm trying to think if if who who it was. If it was my parents or my husband's mother, I can't even remember because you know it's like in a sleep because you drive all hours of the night, so you sleep whenever you can, and then you turn on the TV and you see all this and uh, horrific. So anyway, when we went to New Jersey to visit my grandmother who lived in Westfield, we tried to go see family and friends, all different places whenever we could. We had friends in Yuma who have a mining museum. We have friends in the Chicago area. We used to stay with them. Friends in Boulder, I used to stay with her. And, you know, we'd go into the Seattle area. There's just a lot of places that we have regular places. We had a membership at Meteor Crater to go see Meteor Crater regularly because it was so neat there because you really felt like you were on a different planet, actually, because you'd hear the ringing in your ears really neat. So anyway, uh, uh, when I was at my grandmother's sleeping one night, there was people coming to me during my sleep saying they had passed a 9-11 and would I help them. So there's, see, these experiences have happened at different times that I was like a, helped to transit people to move them out of here. And the thing is, see, I had no context or understanding for this. I mean, I had read, you know, stuff. I had read some, you know, well, I started probably with who did I start reading? You know, well, like people like Wayne Dyer, things like that, Edgar Casey. Oh, the Celestine Prophecy, that was big, you know, back in 94 and uh, different things like that. Oh, and then the one thing that really a lot of synchronicity around was when I started reading, reading Zachariah's Ditchin and started understanding the Anunnaki. That was really interesting. But I had these experiences, so it was ongoing, and we stayed on the road till 2003, and then when we came off the road, my body had to physically recover because I felt like I was completely burned out as if you stuck your hand in the wall in, into the outlet, you know, and the house is not properly grounded because that's what happened is you short-circuit things if things aren't grounded. And that's another thing that brings me back to paranormal activity. When I've been doing paranormal investigations, I've noticed first you rule out everything natural that you can because for some reason a house that is not 
built properly or, you know, say it has all kinds of problems. Say it has flow problems, energy problems to do with electricity. It has plumbing problems, things like that. That stuff seems to attract density because it is dense already. It seems to attract yucky stuff. You know, like if there's electrical problems, you know, sometimes the house can be cold. You you rule all this out first, but it seems like paranormal stuff doesn't get cleaned out of a house that has bad flow. So I I, I find that interesting all the time too. It's so incredible I had to because right. Go ahead. It's just amazing because you know your sensitivities, your psychic awareness, just all these abilities and gifts that you you know had as a child got really you know, focused and directed through just your understanding of, you know, sacred union and heroes gamos. And as some of the terminologies came through, it really resonated, it seems, with the truth that you were already holding. So it's like you, you first started with the awareness and then you were able to sort of ground it or anchor it with certain terms that really explain what you already understood. And so my question is, if if I'm accurate in that, because it just sounds like, you know, these are definite gifts you came in with and, You've just been refining them and understanding them and learning to manage them ever since. Um, so it's fascinating to hear your story. My question is, you know, w- with this topic, um, just with the seven chakras and going into the galactic chakras, can you explain a little bit what that means to you and what that process is all about and how you see it being necessary in this particular phase of humanity's evolution? Yeah, I'm getting to that because when you talk about when I came in, I came in as an indigo, okay? I came in on a, definitely on a sixth and maybe seventh dimensional way because my aura has not changed. I've had curly in photography, and my aura has always been blue and, and purple. Of course, there's other colors that come in, like the oranges sometimes, you know, for creativity, but uh, it's small. Uh, my aura is pretty much all blue and purple. So I thought for years I'm just an indigo, okay? I had to settle 2003. I had to heal my body. I went to, back to massage school, started doing body work then because years ago I was a personal trainer, taught aerobics. Ron and I, you know, bought a house, settled down, kind of just was in a holding pattern for a while, and I didn't real I didn't understand why I was until actually 2009. Okay, so from 2003, 2003, four, five, a lot of healing my body, massage school, doing some stuff, you know, checking out different gigs around here, you know, working some, doing massage, you know, looking at different new age things, presenting what I knew, you know, going to places here and there for a while, not really connecting deeply, making some great relationships, but not staying in any uh, path because I knew I couldn't, okay, because of this thing of the siphoning. So what I find out is in 2009, first of all, a friend of mine uh, had some UFO debris, the Chuck Wade UFO debris, Joshua P. Warren, who you've been on his show, and he brought this uh, this debris came here at AB Tech, actually where I happen to be tonight getting a facial at AB Tech before the show. I touched this debris and something, some memories came back to me, more of the ET stuff because it, it for a while I've had things where you know things come up then they're dormant you work on other things then other things come up and they're dormant then we have to integrate these pieces and parts together well what I had an understanding of in 2009 that I had worked through the seven chakras and I'm like okay what does this mean and now what 
you know, here I've done the work, I've done the, you know, the the root, I've done the second one, I've done solar plexus, all this ego integration, you know, ego mask stuff, heart integration, a lot, but the heart stuff was like, oh, it all feels good, it's all love and light, and I knew that was a bunch of crap, that it's not all love and light, yeah, that's the first step, maybe, to open your heart to feel, but this is an astral experience, and I could not resonate with these new age people not being willing to look at the dark and think, I'm okay, you're okay, we're okay. Remember, wasn't there a book about that or something? Yeah, then there the was. Throat, speaking your truth, and then the third eye, and try, you know, trying to manifest things, the secret, all this stuff, you know, I'm like, well, why am I not manifesting this stuff? Because it doesn't work in that way. It's not about your own will. It's not about ego will. It's about surrendering to the flow of divine will, and then your needs Bravo. are taken care of, and it's actually much more joyous. And then the crown, and I'm like, well, seven is important, you know, and in the Jewish tradition, we have Sabbath or Shabbat. Okay, what, I'm like, well, what does that mean? I'm, I'm looking at 2012. Is this, you know, this isn't the end, but is this like a rest point before we take a leap? Well, in 2009, I happened to get my answer after, you know, studying lots of things through uh, another, e, uh, you know, we're both in the energetic synthesis community together. Well, some friends of ours that are in the crystal skull, I did a meditation with her crystal skull called the guardian and i had all these memories and i was told at that point that i was having my galactic initiation even though i had no idea what that meant i was like well well what does this really mean my galactic in, uh, initiation and i you know then everything was falling into place around that time i found like lisa renee i was reading ashiana dean all these different things to give me context of what I'd already suspected and even knew through some kundalini yoga that there was other chakras at work besides these seven. And on some level, I could sort of prove this. I'm going to sort of prove it. I mean, you know, there is no real proof ever, but Ron and I also have a telescope. And, you know, the chakras have certain color systems. They've been, you know, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. Well, anyway, we're looking at the moon. This was back in in the spring during the full moon, and it's a high-definition telescope, and he's had it since he was a kid. And I see purple around the moon, and I also see gold. And I said, well, isn't this interesting? Because gold is from the eighth dimension. That's moving up. And that's also when it manifests in the body at the thymus, it's that turquoise because it blends with higher frequencies beyond the 12th dimension to bring in what's called the mother energy. So I'm like, well, I pondered this. I said, well, this could be from the chemtrails. You know, this could be the barium, the aluminum, and the stratonium in the atmosphere, you know, and then when the sun hits it and the reflection off the moon, it's bringing this gold and then this purple, you know, because when you've seen the chemtrails, they do that. I said, but even still... I said on another spiritual level, there's multidimensional things in the field that are happening at the same time. And I said, you know, the dimensions are changing. The dimensions are actually shifting. They're moving up. So what we thought was the third dimension may be the fourth. We may actually already be in the fourth dimension because actually the fourth dimension has to do with time. So I'm feeling the collapse between these dimensional walls. 
So what's happening is with the seventh dimension, where we are in time, the end of this 26,000-year cycle is about ascension. Well, what does ascension mean? When you're in the seven chakras, you know, we have heard ascended masters a lot. Well, ascended masters are partially ascended human beings. Most of them, I think, from Orion and maybe Arcturian. That doesn't mean, you know, there's not Pleiadian, there's not Syrian, all these things, but a lot of them from Orion, okay, uh, and the Orion humans. And they're, they're partially ascended, which means they're not fully ascended. And if we keep calling on them and holding them here, what does it do? It keeps us down because it's like a tether, and then it keeps them from moving on because of this whole thing of the siphoning. Okay, back to the night vision because I want to give you an example of the siphoning and what that looks like. When you look through the night vision, because it's charged particles, it's the uh, free-floating, I think it's electrons in the night vision itself, it's almost actually like looking into the astral. It's the astral green because it picks up infrared. When you look at, say, a bat flying or some kind of animal, what you're seeing is that you're seeing the heat and the infrared spectrum coming off of their body. But that's also, on some level, their light body, because you see orbs, and it looks the same thing. And orbs are plasma. So our light body structure is that other state of matter, which is plasma, you know, which you can actually make plasma, you know, in the microwave if you want. I have a recipe of how to make plasma in the microwave, but don't do it. I would not recommend it. It's highly dangerous. But, um... So what happens is we have this plasma light body field around us and people are walking around with a light body and if they don't know that they have one, there's somebody else or something else that steps in and decides, I'm going to go ahead and siphon some of that energy off because that person doesn't even know they have it. It's like they have these strings, but they're not all connected. It's like if you were looking at a Christmas tree and you had all these lights on a Christmas tree, well, you can't plug the tree in and turn the lights on unless all the lights are plugged together and it's plugged into the wall. Well, this is the way human beings are with their chakra system. Most people have a a blockage between, first of all, their third and fourth chakra because there's like what's called a frequency fence there. You have an electrostatic net, which means somebody is like playing ping pong and they feel they can't get beyond it. Most people get beyond that, and they can get beyond the fourth and the fifth. I mean, if you really want to work out, but when you get to the seventh, this is what I noticed. When I'm in, in the crown years ago, why am I not moving forward? Every time I try to move forward, it was one step forward and two steps back, and that's because at the level of the seven which is called the planetary logos, which is the brain of the planet Earth, there is a huge frequency fence because the collective mind of all of humanity is attached to the collective mind of Mother Earth by way of the morphogenetic field. All right. I'm just so glad to hear you talking about all this. So I'm going to let you ask a question at this point because I think I've rattled enough. (laughs) I just love it because you you just are covering everything that just doesn't really come out that often. And I'm just, I love it. And that's what is so refreshing about you. And um, my question, though, is, you know, with all these, you know, technological uh, manipulations and just the talk of the 5D Ascension uh, timeline being hijacked, 
Um, and, you know, the earth isn't ascending except for a chosen few that have, you know, done the work. What are your thoughts on all that and just this hijacking of the 5D timeline? And, you know, how, how, how can we sort of, how can you articulate it in a way that makes sense to what you're talking about with everything else? And what are your thoughts okay, on it? Okay, well, let's first of all explain 5D. As I go back, I feel that 3D is merging into 4D. And because this fifth-dimensional ascension timeline, we're not going into the fifth dimension in the way what we're going to do is remain in a physical body, but we need to have access to the twelfth dimension because that is connects us to our 12-stranded DNA, and that's the platinum ray, and that frequency needs to be brought on all those levels below it and re-encrypt. And even beyond that, the, the, up to the 15, we have the three primal sound fields, and I don't want to spiral too much, but I want to bring this into the mix because I think it's important. When you were a kid, you learned the three primary colors, red, yellow, and blue. Well, those are the three primary sound fields. Remember when you were a young kid and with crayons, and they said, well, if you mix red and yellow together, you make, make orange, or you mix yellow and green to get yellow and blue together, you make green. If you mix red and blue together, you make purple. If you mix all these together, you make brown, except for black and white, because white is all colors and black is the absence of color. Well, the three primary sound fields are the magenta-ish purple, which is the 15th, which is the father energy, the gold which is the 14th, and then you have the turquoise-ish blue, which is the 13th. Those three primary sound fields came in, and then you get the silver out of that. So we want to use that silver to actually clean like clear water and re-encrypt everything going down to the 11th dimension, the 10th, the 9th, the 8th, the 7th, and all the way down. As dimension corresponds to time, we know there is no time. We are in spiral time. Time is not linear. And see, the thing is, in this moment, going through 2012, even though 2012 is not going to look any different to the average person. The way I say 2012 is, uh, it's like your odometer in your car being reset. And, I, and we happen to have two Volkswagen diesels, so I highly recommend having a diesel because you get a lot of mileage in a diesel. But if you've done your oil changes, you've taken your car in for maintenance, you know you've balanced, rotated your tires and had your front end alignment, when that odometer turns over, nothing's going to happen to your car. It's not going to stall or this or that. If you haven't kept up with your car, or could we say like your computer, if you have not defragged your computer, uninstalled old programs, and upgraded your software, you're not going to have problems. You're going to be fine going into this. It's the people that haven't done that that are going to have some problems. And back to the 5D timeline, the problem with that is people have no discernment. People are still watching TV. They're buying into this this garbage with, I'm not even going to say what, but, but we know what happens in November. I'm not even going to go there. What the people are watching, what they're feeding themselves, what, you know, I don't want to get on the negative, the vaccines, all that stuff that you talk about that is, that's dumbing the people down so they, they can't have discernment, even though I think they want to in their heart of hearts, they want to, but they they're weakened. They're weakened because they have to go to work for money and they're enslaved and all these things. So some of us that know this truth have to change the morphogenetic field. You know, we take it into our body. 
and by taking things into our body, we transmute it, we do the clearing, we move up in the chakra column, and we're able to put this energy back into the morphogenetic field to open up some windows of time so people can move a little bit. It's sort of like chess pieces on, on a game board, too. Or I know how I could say it like this. Remember the game Pac-Man? This came to me the other day. In Pac-Man, you play and you have to go around and eat these things, and there's things that are after you. And then you, uh, you, know, you, you win some, and you have to still go around and eat these things again, but you're going faster and you're going faster. But the thing is, in the game, the landscape doesn't change for a while. You know, you have to go through. It's sort of like rising up on the, the grid, you know, the different dimensions. You're still in the same landscape because you still interface with the same people. You know, I come off the mountain, I have to go shopping, and I interface with the 3D people even though, in consciousness, we might be in a different state, but we're in the same localized reality. So what I'm hoping is by by us changing these fields, what happens is at least the people that are around us, it's like we're like a magnet. We draw them into this magnetic field. So when there's what's called ascending and descending hubs, this, uh, the hubs that are ascending, these people that are in that ascending hub, on some level, they've already worked on that. Because this area of western North Carolina is a seventh-dimensional opening, like Lake Titicaca. And I was pondering that just a couple weeks ago. I was thinking that means most of the people uh, in this area should be at the ascended master level. That means they should be to their crown in no time. I'm not saying in 3D time, but at some point in no time they've done the work where they would not have to reincarnate unless something really got screwed up and they had to because reincarnation in the way that it is is a distortion. It's a total siphoning of energy, you know, where you come back and you have to do this game over and over again so you actually lose DNA instead of gain it. I'm thinking that, say, in this area, people must be awake enough to that, even though it may not look like it, at some level, at the end, it's going to all come together. So I think there's, you know, this 5D ascension timeline, What it's just in the hijacking of it, the distortion is a lot of the New Age people don't know this upgrade of information, and they're still spewing the same stuff, and people are... Um, you know, responding to it, and, and we need to explain it in a way and give them a context of it so they understand it. Because I'm getting right now there's a big frequency between the seventh and the eighth dimension. You know, this galactic opening, you know, people may get to the seventh, but there's something called crucifixion implants, and it's actually like a, a crown of thorns type of thing in the pineal gland to keep that pineal gland from opening to to really connect to higher levels. I mean, that, and that's probably one reason, I mean, I know that's one reason they put fluoride in the water. They want to calcify the pineal gland. So these different chakras, you know, it's a, okay, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just glad you're touching upon this, so keep going. No, what I was saying is, so these different chakras, what has to happen is, well, I don't want to say has to, but, but People are locked in to the, the, their perception of reality. And I think what's so important is why 
it's so important to have a galactic opening for people to at least be open to these possibilities now because as the changes of the sun and the core of the earth, you know, change in magnetics and things like that, change at the planetary logos level, which is actually collective brain, which holds the instruction set of the way things are, as that changes, if people are not willing to change with it, what is, happens with them, it's like their their brain capacity can't handle it. It's sort of like when you look at older people, like I have a, my grandmother's 95, and I love her very dearly, but it's sad to see her now, even though she's lived a very long, healthy life. She can't, mentally, she never had uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, but now she's just starting to lose it. Like if I try to tell her I'm doing certain things, she because she doesn't see me that way, she doesn't get the new information. That's what's happening with people. And, and you notice that when you go to nursing homes. People have dementia. They, their brain is not working. They're not integrated in the left and right hemispheres of their brain. Well, that's, gonna, that's happening more to just everybody because of TV and things like that, because of ego consciousness. And if they can open to the higher chakras, if they can start opening to the 12 dimensional frequencies it's going to help them repattern their brain so when these changes happen they don't get locked in ego and start defragging and then they can't see anything else because it's right. almost like, going to be like two worlds in a way you know what i mean yep right so missy um <clears throat> now you're whipping through this um all this information really quickly which is is great because you've got a lot to share with us but i'm sure that for some of our listeners um this is all some of this is new information maybe they've you know sort of touched the fringe um of all this i mean from a very practical standpoint Someone listening right now in Kansas City, Missouri, who, you know, is like, well, I, I wonder where I'm at. I wonder what I can be doing right now um, to really be proactive about everything that, that's going on and that's happening. I, how, <clears throat> how do we get a message to, to someone like that who's not so well versed in all of this but realizes there, there's more that they can be doing? I would say keep your heart open. Be open. If you want the truth, you will find it. Go out in nature. Spend time with nature. Nature is not, yes, nature has a few distortions, but believe me, they are mild compared to uh, technology, which is a blessing. We greatly need it. The TV and all the, the garbage that goes on. Spend time in nature and say, I want to know and connect with your higher self, connect with your inner self, connect with the God source without a mediator. You know, when, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant that for us to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's about doing as if, not worshiping or using somebody as an escape go or a savior to do it for you. We we all have to do the inner work. We all have to look at ourselves deeply in the mirror. Just be open. Be look at your belief systems. Look at how you're triggered. Look at what affects you. Look at the shadow side as 
painful as that is for people, look at what the government's doing. Look at what's behind what the government's doing. There's all kinds of information all over the Internet. If somebody's smart enough and wise enough, you know, like streetwise smart enough and can feel with their heart, they're going to be fine. They're going to get it. Oh, that's just incredible. That is just the best advice. That's great. Now, my question is, um, what are your thoughts on, you know, as we move into the galactic chakras, the seven that we are accustomed to hearing about, would you say there's an integration happening, you know, with the galactic into the seven that we're more accustomed to, or is it just a leap from the seven into the galactic chakras? And then I have a a follow-up on that. What I have seen and felt in my experience, and my crystal skulls have helped me do this, and also rain prisms and different photography, looking through, you know, camera lenses at uh, different, you know, light refractions and things, have helped me see the change in the rainbow spectrum. Where at one time the rainbow spectrum, and I'm sure when you see rainbow in the sky, it may still look this way. I haven't seen one in a while, but when I've seen particles. The way they look is there's a blending and a melding together, and they're more translucent and they're more pastel in color, which means instead of your bright red, your root chakra may be re-encrypted to a pink, and your second chakra, you know, the creative center, is more a peach in color, and the uh, solar plexus more of a lighter yellowish gold like actually my citrine skull that i'm holding here you know clear like we can clear it's it's a it's a rainbow that you can see through and the heart chakra is more of a minty green mixed with the turquoise green and up from there the lavender so and it's like looking through a continuous rainbow of colors that intermingle that aren't static that are fluid it's like a fluid living light and that's what the higher centers have to do and instead of the the body looking like an oval shape when you look at it it sort of like becomes an oval rectangle where you're You've got like a, it almost looks like the body becomes to look like it has a fish tank around it. Actually, when I explain the uh, 12D shield to people, which I can actually do on the air if you would like me to do, I tell people to put themselves like in a fish tank and feel Mm. yourself in the fish tank, like with the fish. I love it that way. Because that at the highest level, the platinum ray, the silver light, is like water. When you look through water, when you look through a waterfall coming down, it's a prism of colors. When the sun hits it the right way, it might be white, it could be silver, and you could see colors in the particle. Or when you look at snowflakes, it's the same thing. So nature really is our best teacher for sacred right, geometry, geometry too. Mm, yes, absolutely. What are your thoughts on the? I'm getting really concerned about some people in, I guess, the so-called truth movement who are speaking at conferences that are promoting nanotechnology and the um, upgrading of our human species based on technology and morphing into just this, uh, you know, more into this technological matrix, but they're using terminologies like ascension and consciousness and awakening. What are your thoughts on this transhumanism agenda, and how much is this sabotaging our movement into the galactic chakras and into our light body? if you think it is sabotaging? 
Okay, well, one thing I know is I'm a proponent, of, first of all, of natural medicine. However, at times, because we've been so cut off, if something happens, we may need to go to a medical doctor. Medical doctors do not heal anything, but they can fix what's broken and put a Band-Aid on to buy somebody a little bit of time to fix the problem, but it will not fix the problem. So it depends on what type of nanotechnology. You know, there are is stem cell re- research and different things where they can, you know, if somebody needs a heart transplant or whatever, I mean, I think technology is wonderful that we can do these things. Do I think somebody should download their memories into a software program and, and clone and put it in, um, you know, put those programs into a clone body to live everlasting life? No, I, I don't feel that's necessary. I feel that's a reptilian agenda. I feel it's based in fear because we are eternal beings already, and this whole thing of having a 3D body, you know, is illusory. Eventually, we're going to move on to something else. What that's going to look like, you know, for some of us that are doing this ascension work, are we going to drop the tr- body in the traditional way? Are we going to spontaneously... Uh, you know, combust, or we get our molecules going to change when we go through a dimensional door. I don't know. I mean, I think somebody could do that. I don't know when that's going to happen because, you know, I don't know how long any of this stuff that we're putting into the morphogenetic field uh, takes as far as years go. I know that it's very dense here, and in the next five years, between now and 2017, I feel we have a lot of work to do and beyond probably even into the next 20 years before this really starts to feel a change in the morphogenetic field that will manifest in the physical body. So people are going to have to use their discernment. But however, is it possible that we will be having different timelines on the earth, which means when I talk about the highest event horizon, by disengaging from the 3D as much as possible and connecting with our you know, Christ avatar, the highest expression of who we are, can we pick a higher event horizon where even if we're in a shared cohabitation on this earth, say, you know, in in some ascending hubs, some descending hubs or whatever, you know, we're all on the same planet, however, we, and, and we may have to interface, we're in a different reality. And the best example I can think of is James Redfield, who wrote, the book Celestine Prophecy was the first one, if everybody's read that and seen the movie. Well, later on, you know, I'm trying to think of the other books. The one that I really liked was called, I think, something to do with Shambhala. And I've always wondered about, you know, in Tibet, the city of Shangri-La, Shambhala. What is this city that nobody sees? Is this like going into another dimension? And in the story and in the book what he talks about is cities of light and how people would use mind thoughts and and heart-based technology to create structures around them with light and they would grow seeds they put seeds in the ground i can't remember exactly the story and how it went but they would be in a higher frequency where they would not be visible to the people that were in the density i don't know if it, if it, and this could be in the Bible when it talks about some will be taken and others left or 
the dimensional shift of, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise and those that are gathered in the air, whatever, you know, some of these Bible verses and things like that you may have learned when you were a kid, it puts new meaning. And the blowing of the trumpet should be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. All these things may have new meaning of molecularly a change, a change in the magnetic field, a change in the more field, and actually a change with the atoms and molecules of our body as we go from this carbon-based life form that we are to more of a silicate-based life form. I don't know what that's going to look like. I just, I really don't. However, you know, the nanotechnology thing, there are levels of it that may be useful, but I think at the highest level it probably is a distortion. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that. And uh, the, the whole thing really disturbs me because I think our natural abilities and our spiritual just you know, our connection to source is all we really need to activate all the things that technology is mimicking. And to hear people talking about it um, in the way that they are just feels reptilian, feels just a part of the, the whole agenda, the not, you know, the agenda that's been in the works for thousands of years. And, and I know how well-versed you are with Lisa's work and the reverse energy stuff. Um, so it's awesome to have your take and just your brilliance. So thank you. Thank you. Missy, talk to us about um, the light body uh, activation, about, um, you know, how to work with uh, the Merkaba energies. Okay, the, the way I do do it with the 12th dimensional shield, it's bringing through, you know, use a light symbol code, and the one that we use in the ES is what's called the Star of David it just happens to be called that. These symbols are universal. Unfortunately, they have names that might have religious connotation, and for that I apologize, and even for... But sometimes, you know, the religious stuff gives context. We have to just keep it in perspective. You know, language is helpful. I mean, sometimes it's a distraction, but language is also helpful because at this point until we become totally telepathic, we need the words because the words are encoded. So what this is is it's a multidimensional-looking Star of David or, or Merkaba, okay, which means uh, light body, uh I'm trying to think. It, 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 it could be light body travel. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly. But what, what's happening is you want to bring this through your pineal and bring it all the way down your central vertical line to clear every all the chakras going down the vertical, and then you anchor it into – we don't anchor into the core of the earth in this reality, but it's like looking at – if you know who Alex Gray is, okay, there's going to be an event actually in Atlanta. But the way, if you look at anatomy, it's got horizontal, vertical, and diagonal lines. If you were looking at the earth as if it was a grid, sort of like in that movie Tron, you know, you're seeing it that way, and, and, you, and you intend that it's at, the, at least the 12th dimensional level for your blueprint of your Christ avatar to reconnect to your 12 stranded DNA to get out of the two or three strands or whatever. You know, our junk DNA is not junk. It's just kind of discombobulated. And then you bring that up and you anchor it a foot beneath you because what you want to do is build the platform underneath you. This platform has mag mathematical codes and it has um, 
It's like a gooey texture that gives you stability. It anchors you into the morphogenetic field, so you're not anchored on the 3D earth anymore. You're actually anchored into the morphogenetic field, and you ground out into deep space. So you bring this around your body, and, and you can have it like a four-feet encapsulated thing, like I like to call it like a fish tank, and you follow it up, and you on the top it's about say three to four feet above your head, you want to seal this thing in and, and you work with the color silver and what's called the aurora colors, which are all these rainbow colors. Different colors have different frequency. You can also use sound when you're doing this. You can tone. You can use uh, Tibetan bowls or bells. You can use, I'm, I've got your tuning fork right here, Dr. Dream, that I've been using, yes. the 528 hertz. You use that, your essential oils, and you do this. And I even undulate with it. I mean, I move back and forth. I breathe with it. You know, you do different breathing because you want to feel that you're merged with this, that you become one in your own morphogenetic field. You want to be totally in your own shield or sealed or field first before you merge with somebody else. You want to be in that space at the highest event horizon possible within yourself before you merge within another human being because you know what happens, we get entrained by being others. Well, we want to be, when we're in that place of love and highest frequency, to get people to entrain to that, which is not us in the ego, but it's the Christ avatar frequency of everybody on this planet. So we want people to entrain to that. And entrain, we talked about that on my show, which is like in in the theory of what the morphogenetic field is, that hundredth monkey theory where the monkeys on one island were washing their fruit and the other monkeys on the other island learned to wash their fruit even though they were not seen by these other monkeys. So this is the whole purpose between, I mean, in my opinion, of this 12B shield. This is what I use it for. I use it for myself. I use it, my husband and I use it. We use it around all our animals. It's around our property. And that's the first meditation you do. There's other there's other meditations to do, too. Like I could get into the 12th tree grid. That may be another show and the importance of that. But this is the important one to help people. And, you know, they can look this up, you know, on YouTube. They can just type in the 12th dimensional shield on YouTube, and it's there. And, and, and then it's different for everybody. I mean, you have a template of what it looks like in the 3D, but then you just keep asking for the guardian consciousness, which is like your higher self and yourself in a future timeline to come in and help you with this, to help you with this understanding to re-encrypt everything, to re-encrypt your physical body, your, your DNA, your atoms, your molecules, the nervous system. This is a big one. The nervous system, you know, holds a lot of distortion, really. This is the biggie, and I can get back into that, but we're talking about the 12th shield right now. It's very important. So and then let from me ask you. the top of that platform, you ground out into deep space, and you want to connect with the heart of the universe. Now, Missy, how how often Earth. how often are you guys invoking um, the twelve D shield? Then I try to stay linked into it all the time. Now, I don't have to meditate on it. I just link into it. I mean, it takes somebody a while to meditate and build their platform, but I really want to be linked into it all the time, all day long. I mean, sometimes there's times I get uh, 
whelmed. I picked up your book. <laughs> I get whelmed, and then from whelmed, I try to go back to neutral, you know, and uh, or don't try. I mean, breathe, and you know, maybe I have to get something to eat sometimes, drink some water, chill, and then go back and link in with this 12D shield, feel, field, and what happened to set me off, you know. Sometimes, like last week, I happened to go to Sam's, and I was a little rattled because. The Christmas lights were up, and you go in Sam's, and it's nothing but fluorescent lights and all these Christmas LED lights blinking, and then they had the flu shot concession, so I wasn't much of a happy camper, even though, <laughs> I, though I bought all kinds of organic stuff at Sam's. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, can, can you explain a little bit uh, how, you know, to, to the audience, what Heroes Gamos is and how it might connect to the 12D shield and just the movement into our galactic chakras and just how important the concept of Heroes Gamos is in this shift time right now? Well, Sacred Union, okay, and uh, Lisa will probably have to really put that in the field one day, but my understanding of it is we all have masculine and feminine within and, you know, we have a partner that mirrors us. But what we have to do first is we have to balance this positive and negative, this electrical and magnetic, this thought, feeling, and emotion, and this masculine, feminine, light, dark, all these polarities within. And we do it through the chakra column, but the big one is even though we can feel, you know, the heart is very important for the neutrality. The brain is also very important because the hemispheres of the brain have to be balanced because different parts of the brain are controlled, like, say, the, the reptilian brain can be t controlled to get people to react. Some people are too much in, in the cerebral, you know, too much in the mental. So you want to get all these aspects of the brain, you know, to correspond and work together. And I like to also do in the 12th shield now, it doesn't say to do this, but in, in my feeling, what I do is I balance as a sacred trinity because the power of three and those pre, three primal sound fields are important to anchor the trinity to balance my pituitary, my pineal, and my hypothalamus together because I look at that as the holy trinity within myself to activate the things in my brain. And people also really need to support the brain you know, with the proper nutrition, too. So right. so this is very important because people want to, uh, the best thing we could do is try to be in more of a theta state because, you know, the powers that be want everybody in beta all the time with TV and caffeine and stress, although caffeine doesn't seem to affect me, by the way. I think it's because I'm always having to do this work in the morphogenetic field that some of us have a weird nervous system that we, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't seem to affect us like it does other people. However, we want to be in the theta state and be in all the frequencies of our brain at once because that's when we're the most creative and we're the most open to spirit. It's like becoming your own shaman, and that takes me back to, the uh, galactic shamanism, that's what that's all about. Share when with I us shaman, a little it's because bit. Of, it's because of the brain. Because of, well, galactic shamanism, what that is, 
is it's body work clearing. It can be massage. It can be light body work, looking for things that are distortions in the field that show up in the body. I'll give you, for example, like you see symbols that don't make any sense. Like you'll see flora de lis in, in, on a, a women's uterus, or you'll see things that look like chastity belts or weaponry and machinery in the field or something that looks like jacks, you know, these things that are just stuck, you know, and it's looking at the energetic field. This is not with your physical eyes. This is not channeling. This is, it's hard to explain what it is, but, and I don't even like to use the word remote viewing. I mean, it, it can be similar to that because remote viewing has connotations and we know what they are, you know, the spine, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, I might put that word in the field once in a while, remote viewing, but I would say it's looking at the energetic field, looking at the morphogenetic field, looking at the multidimensional field, and being able to, through direct knowing, like almost like body dousing, where you feel this is true in your body. When you get a download, you resonate with it, and you instantly know somebody has something that looks like weapons in their field and you have to clear it, and then you find out what body it's in. You have to ask and say, is it here? Or sometimes you don't, you don't even ask. Sometimes it's told, this comes from wherever it comes from. Is this making any sense, or is this getting too far out? This may be just too I love far it. It's just, I love it. It's very I'll grounding. I'll give you a for example, okay? I'll give you a for example. Some female issues that I have had on going at times, and I was going to ask if I was going to need a potty break, because because of this I might, but I have seen in my right ovary, and there's other women that are templating this too, that the ovary has had some pain, and this was, uh, was this 2011 in the winter, I think. I'm in the bathtub, and I get the download that my right ovary is connected and fueling a war in Orion, a black hole. It's, and I'm saying not the third-dimensional ovary. It's coming from the ovary, but see, the ovary is important to the inner earth, to do with Mother Earth, for one, and it's important to do with the Christ avatar, because that gets into what's called the 12-tree grid, and it's the third place on the 12-tree grid. Don't want to get too much into that, but people can look it up. People can, you know, Google uh, 12-tree grid, and, and this will come up if they want to look at the spheres and why this is important to the blueprint structure of how we came in here. So I'm like, well, what does this mean that there's like a, a reverse engineering uh, and a siphoning off from the Christ avatar body from the ovary that it's fueling a black war in Orion. Because the Orion is eight, okay? It's the eighth dimension in time, which is also the higher heart at the thymus, but in the 12-tree grid, it's at the thyroid gland. Interesting that in the physical body, thyroid and ovary go together because thyroid you know, helps to make hormones. And, and back to the chakras, you know, we have the chakras and we have the chakras corresponding to the endocrine gland. Well, every endocrine gland actually has a spiritual component that ha that has not come online yet, which means you have the thyroid, and yes, it makes uh, <clears throat> thyroxin, or I'm trying to think, all the, the different things that it does, you know, for the... Uh, 
and you know, like the thymus, the T3, and T4, or is that thyroid? Oh, boy, my, my brain's going now. Oh, drink some water. Let me drink some water because water helps get this energy moving. That's very important. So Can I, would I say jump in real quick? Mm-hmm. When you mention the ovary thing, is this in connection to the distortions of the feminine and just how the divine feminine yeah. energy has been? Okay. Just want to make sure Through to clarify. Through domination, this has been a siphoning. This, is, this right. has been a siphoning on so many levels, and I even feel that our, our artificial grid has something to do with this siphoning. The reason that we have an electrical grid that we do, say, instead of Tesla, you know, if we had gone with Nikola Tesla 100 years ago, what would the outcome look like now as far as energy and technology on this planet? But we have an artificial grid which I feel has something to do with siphoning. Actually, we know it is siphoning the mother because they're still mining for coal, and that's siphoning the mother. Right, and all the rituals with the real energy, the black sun, and, I mean, it just seems to be, and just harp, it's just totally sucking the energy, the creative energy of the planet, and that's why it's so important for people to align and, um, you know, really get in touch with what you're all about and what you're sharing because, it really brings it into just our body structure, just our ability to really work on the inside, you know, not just our emotions and our processes, but really working with the body and the glandular system. So I'm so glad you're bringing all this up. Um, my question is, you know, what are your thoughts on what, you know, Mother Earth is going through, though, in this shift time? I mean, if we're moving into a higher Earth, what is, you know, how does this, how do we see this in your perspective? sort of like chemtrails clearing up or just things regenerating, or is it just a passage into something totally new based on, you know, what we've accomplished in our inner work? I mean, what, what's your thoughts just about the earth energy and just our ascension process? Well, I, I'm not 100% sure. I look at the field and I get mixed messages on this whole thing. But one thing I do want to say first is that just like I was talking about plasma and we have a light body, well, so does the earth too. And part of the reason for all these traumas on the earth, not just for trapped souls, say, to do like a, uh, a Fukushima thing, you know, to, uh, to distort energy there and, you know, the souls get trapped or whatever, they siphon off the souls. But the earth also has an electromagnetic battery body just like we do. We have a plasma body, so does the earth. I feel that these unseen forces that are not the good ones tap into that. So when they're siphoning energy in the 3D from the mother, they're also siphoning energy off from her in other dimensions because they know how to do it. They know how to do it. So I do feel she can regenerate. I don't know exactly how long that will take. I don't know if, if that's the purpose. I don't even know if it's been decided yet. I know some people have different uh, beliefs on what's going to happen with this earth, you know, in, in right, right, right. A, few hundred, a few hundred years, which I don't know even how I feel about that. So I could say, you know, Ashiana Dean has a certain feeling about that. I just don't go there because I feel what's important is the moment of now, the moment of now self with us and the moment of now earth and we do what we can because we're responsible for the light that we have in the moment and what we do with the light, love and energy that we have in the moment. We can't project or control that far into the future. I really feel we need to be uh, 
working towards conservation and sustainability in, in any way we can. I mean, even when I make garbage, I don't like, you know, the fact that the garbage men have to come, but I am working in the energetic fields, which is the most important, and unfortunately there's not enough time in the day to work on every single level. This is my role right now. There's people in the 3D that are saving, you know, heritage seeds that are learning how to, uh, you know, do, do different things with growing plants, how to, you know, rotate the soil, you know, water wheels. My friend Mobius and Joshua, they're making the solar generators. There's so many different people, and the reason why these radio shows are so important is so we connect, can connect with different people to network our abilities and talents so this way uh, we can become more of a community uh, within ourselves, amongst ourselves, and not be ruled by the powers that be that want to control everything. We need to take our power back as sovereign, free, liberated beings and not let these uh, the ones in you know Washington and all over the world, this elite or whatever you want to call them. I've actually heard that the true word of Illuminati doesn't even exist. It's like sort of a made-up word. But these ones that are in control of us and the, and the forces beyond them that control them, we need to take our power back from them and stand up and, and do, you know, what it is that we're supposed to do and shine our gifts that Creator has given us. That's what I feel. Absolutely. And to me, that's how the landscape of the earth energies shift is when we start to call that back and you know, that could be on an individual level, it could be on a collective level, but, you know, the beauty of what your answer is, is, you know, just really embrace the mystery, but be present in the now and do the necessary work and let it all unfold, because as long as we're doing that work, you know, we're going to be reflecting the success of that and the, the we're, it's going to be revealed to us, you know, where we are on that, that path of that inner work. So, yeah, thank you yeah. for that answer. Yeah. Wow, Missy. Just amazing, amazing information tonight, and so much, and 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 so much more to <clears throat> to really dig into. Um, <clears throat> just uh, this question really has to do with um, several clients that I've seen recently that are starting to see some of the programmings that they own. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess my 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 question then becomes: Once people start to see that um, they've they've bought into um, and own you know some different programmings, whatever it may be, what's the 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 quickest way out of that trap? Well, on one level, you see you own it and you take responsibility for it, but then on another level, what I've seen is that you don't own it and from somewhere it's been projected because at the highest level of who we are, it's all projected from something else. And a lot of it's coming from, like I said, higher dimensions. It it really uh, depends on what it is. I think we have to... uh, love it and accept it for what it is that it's been, it could have been the dark teacher, but the thing with the whole thing with the dark teacher is out of balance and it's distorted. So even though we own it on some level, we have to come to terms that maybe, yes, we've looked at it within ourselves. We've looked at it within our 
uh, family of origin, you know, through what's called genetic path cutting or ancestral clearing. We've looked at it through our, our soul uh, and, and maybe karma situations, and then depending on what it is and where we go up the ladder in this, then we see this wasn't really ours to begin with anyway. This is not the truth of who we are. The truth of who we are is love and light. We're angelic humans here. This was not... This was like a probably a reptilian thought form or something. You know, and on the highest level, we still know it's all one. You know, even the dark is part of the light, and yet as long as this game's being going on down here where one person's enslaved, the whole the whole thing needs to come crashing down. The game you know, it's like the game Jenga. You you pull the the sticks out and it comes crashing down and, and people need to see the whole thing. The whole thing, people need in their lives, you know, or maybe I shouldn't say what they need, but I know what has helped me is many ego dismantlings. Luckily for me, my ego dismantlings have been over time because I've been at this for a long time and you always get what you need. See, my nervous system is in, in some ways, even though I'm a strong person, I have a fragile nervous system is how I came in. So I thank God for grace and ease in my dismantlings because my nervous system can't handle it all at once. But unfortunately, some people in their dismantlings have to go through it all at once because if they've been warned and they're not seeing it, then the two-by-fours come and, and it just keeps hitting them over the head until they see it. And that's just the way it is. But it's better to see it than not see it. So grace oh, and ease absolutely. is important. Love yourself. Oh, totally. Love yourself. Forgive yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back because all these experiences have brought you to where you are. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I even think sometimes that we go through these tragedies that are sometimes a setup so that we feel we can never move forward and we just spin in guilt and regret and and just all these lower emotions about it. And we just got to forgive ourselves and validate ourselves for what we're overcoming rather than being stuck in the past for what we've been through. And just start to understand that it's waking up is what we're doing, and that's why we go through it. So I just love that, you know, you brought all this up, you know, about ego and dismantling because so many people avoid it. Um, I want to give you a chance before the show uh, ends um, to just share any messages or just thoughts that, you know, you want to get out before everything, you know, before we close. Um, Just anything that you might not have gotten the chance to express. Well, one thing it comes back to when we're talking about this, Dr. Dream, how much I really enjoyed your galactivation, Ron and I both did, and how at one point when I was crying and you were talking about the different chess pieces, and and for me, here I am with this ascension thing, I'm worried about all the different chess pieces, which is each one of the seven billion people on this planet like i can't be worried about the chess pieces on the other side of the world i have to let the magnetics of the chess pieces that are around me come together and if i happen to see a piece that fits on the other side of the world i do that and then there was another thing i think you said in the class or or, or maybe it was a realization i had you know when we reset our uh default settings um i'm trying to think what it was it was uh, I, I was realizing that, um, what, what was it exactly? Something to do along these lines of how important it was that, um, 
it's not coming to me right now exactly, but to, to do with this whole thing of being worried and, and the choice, I know, the choices I've made based on where I am now, the past choices that I've made with the knowing that I have, because I've already experienced that, I've, I would make a different choice in the now moment. So people don't need to be beating themselves up for whatever they did in the past. Those choices brought them to where they are now and now they can choose because with all the information they have they would make a different choice they wouldn't choose what they would have chosen 10 years ago right and that's collectively too i feel collectively that is starting to happen we haven't uh i don't feel we've hit the tipping point yet with that that's what i'm hoping for although there's enough of us that are holding that that are holding that frequency to help others. And what we're doing is we are magnetically attracting the people effortlessly. This is not about effort. This is just about holding space, loving ourselves, radiating our truth, loving others, being who we truly are in the moment, being authentic and being able to really hold that and we will magnetically attract, like you said, those pieces of the puzzle, those people to us, and then we'll get stronger and stronger and stronger in these higher frequencies to change this in the morphogenetic field so it will be like a hundredth monkey thing. Right. I love that. I I just love it. And and something else, Missy, about you, um, that that really is is inspiring is this this isn't just conversation it's not just theory you are living your life moment to moment this way you actually embody all of what you're talking about and i so honor you and ron and the others that um that are in your inner circle and and that that you are having an impact on because this is really you know what it's what it's going to take and you are um just such an amazing example um for all of us and my darling your energy and your positive just vibe that you carry and that you share with anyone who comes into your field um Wow, and thank you. <laughs> and thank we're not you. you can thank my cats. I think my cats do most of the work around here. <laughs> <laughs> now we're not we've we've still got um a little bit of time. Tell us how would um how would people uh find you, connect with you? What's the um the best ways to, to find out, you know, particularly in your part of the country how people can do uh, night vision, if if that's a possibility, or anything else. Give us some things to go on here. Okay, well, first of all, my best way probably to get a hold of me right now is my email, which is hill, H-I-L-L, night, N-I-T-E, vision, V-I-S-I-O-N, at gmail.com, hill, night, vision, at gmail.com. And then from there, you know, I can uh, they can email me, set up employment. We can talk on the phone about whatever. I do do private sessions over the phone. I do etheric clearing, and I do these 12-tree grid readings over the phone. So there's that option. To listen to my radio show, it's very easy. Somebody, all they have to do now is Google galactic 
uh, Galactic Earth Fusion, Missy Hill, my name comes up, and my website is Galactic Event Horizon. However, it's under construction. That's just sort of a temporary free website. I've got different people, templating artists working on things. I don't know. For some reason, I've not had luck with somebody doing a website for me. I'm, I've been through website people like you wouldn't believe, but, but that's again because I always keep changing in the moment, and I'd have to re template and reformat that website anyway. So that's probably the best way to go, get a hold of me. And then, like I said, we'll chat over the phone or Skype or whatever. That's awesome. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I just have so much fun hearing you. I, it's just such incredible information. And it's and it's positive, in it, but it's real. And, and the fact that you include the darkness and it's not just the fluffy stuff and it's just really genuine, and, 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 you know, that's truth. And Chief Golden Light Eagle even said to me, or just, you know, made a statement about, you know, when you're capable of sharing light and dark, you're sharing truth, you know. And uh, it just resonates. It gives me the goosebumps. It's just awesome to know you and hang with you. And I just want to, you know, really thank you for being on the show, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon and hopefully in person. I know. I hope you guys come back this way. It's hard for us to travel because we have so many animals, but... <laughs> You know, one day we will. We have an RV, so who knows? Maybe we'll be packing it in with our cats and everything. <laughs> and you're also one of the only people I know uh, that I personally know that owns um, and is caretaking a squirrel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's great, too. Yes, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, we Missy... have cats, we have a squirrel, we have crystal skulls and night vision, and it's crazy, it's fun. Loving it. <laughs> well, we will look forward to the next opportunity for us all to be together. I'm hoping that um, you can swing something to to get out this way to Phoenix for the um, Star Knowledge Conference uh, for twelve twelve twelve. If I'm supposed to be there, I'm putting it out, and I also want to have you guys back on my show before that date. Excellent. We'd love to. We would love to. So oh, thank this you is so much fun. I know, right? It's <laughs> and it's so much like fun. Woo! <laughs> I love you guys so much. And Ron says hi. He's not home yet, but he said to say hi, and he'll be listening to the podcast of this, so we'll download it for him. Say hi Excellent. to everybody in the chat room because I didn't get on the computer to try to get in the chat room. I'm just on the phone. So say hi to all those folks that are in the chat room. Give them a kiss. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, <laughs> Missy. And next week we'll look forward to having you back in the chat room. I love your energy there also. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, love all the listeners, and everybody have a good night. Mm. Awesome. Yes. Take care, thank dear. Thank you again. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So now... We are just um, at the tail end of our broadcast. Um, we did just mention the uh, Star Knowledge Conference in Phoenix from December 10th through December 13th. Over 60 presenters, including uh, Laura Eisenhower and myself, and some really amazing information is going to be shared, and this is all during this energetic of 12-12-12, which is like over the top. Um, Laura, anything to add about, about Phoenix? 
Oh, it's just going to be incredible, and I'm posting a bunch of links on my wall constantly about the different speakers, different things they'll be sharing. Um, it's just, you know, an event to just really just unify our energies, and it's such a crucial time. And, you know, we can make excuses and stuff, and I know some people can't come, but there is a chance to view a lot of it <clears throat> on live stream. And, uh, you know, if you are capable of pulling it together, it's so worth it. Um, you know, it's all about community and global family, and we, we all really just, you know, need to just meet face-to-face -face and, and just, you know, meet beyond technology and just, you know, have a heart-to-heart. -heart. <laughs> so um, I'm just really excited for that and, you know, our next week's show and just everything that's, that's coming up. So tune in and we'll be here. Now, um, also just to put it out there, on 1111 -11, um, which is Sunday, November 11th here in Ventura. Laura and I are hosting an event uh, titled Loving the Breath of Life. And um, we just met with some of our co-facilitators today. This is going to be amazing and fun and an energetic that will truly serve us all. Uh, so take a look at touroflove.com and uh, click on the link for this event. Um, we have limited space, limited attendees, and it is already filling up. So uh, you'll want to go ahead and get, um, get your reservation in. And then also, um, we're, we're here in Ventura now for a while, uh, not doing any big events or traveling at the moment. And uh, that leaves us open for more sessions at our Holistic Healing uh, Center here and also for phone sessions. And so we're doing, um, you know, between one and four hour uh, breakthrough sessions and uh, one or one and a half hour sessions uh, together with people on the phone. So if this um, is appealing to you, uh, you can find us. Um, at healthyfamilynow.com or Laura's site, uh, cosmicgaiasofia.com uh, or drdream.com. So until next week, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support. And um, we are most definitely here for you. And um, that's the way we like it. So with all the love that we are to all the love that you are, thank you so very much. Good night. Good night, everyone.